the implementation piece is very, very important. That's the only way that you're going to move um, in your business is to implement something, right? But I also say implement intelligently because this is this is the digital age, right? It's it's the it's the internet age. We've got information at our fingertips whenever we want it, and it's always so much being thrown at us. But you've got to find a way to create somewhat of a filter. Right, because if not, it's it's like the the entrepreneur shiny shiny object syndrome to where I say, oh my gosh, look, Tim is doing that in this business. Maybe that'll work for me. Oh, and Stacy's doing that. Maybe that'll work for me. And you can literally go through that all day, right? But the thing is, there's so many different paths to get to the same destination. So you've got to put up a filter to find, okay, what do I actually want to implement in my business? Like, what strategy am I gonna am I gonna follow here to take something and implement it right and don't just implement for the sake of implementing like put some metrics behind it put some type of plan behind it like it's i guess in the digital world right rochelle you're probably going to test it this is the split testing right to where i'm going to i'm going to tweak this one thing to see if it yields some type of result whether bad or good right and if it's good then maybe tweak it a little bit more to try to maximize it but if it doesn't work then i'll pull it out right so i think when it comes to implementation implement intelligently because if not you're going to implement 40 different new things that are going to be up and running in your business and you're not going to have any type of measurements you're not going to know whether you're you're failing or succeeding and um i think people can get caught up in that easily as well welcome to the million dollar equation podcast a podcast about the easiest fastest way to build a million dollar business based on the best-selling book the million dollar equation if you love business each episode reveals all of the core fundamental essentials for growth now Here's your host, Rochelle Shaw. Hey, it's Rochelle. I'm back again, and I'm with a brand new person. Look, I just met him this morning, but I've been watching him, following him on Facebook, and, you know... I, I kind of like like his post. You you know me. I am one of those folks that when I like you, like I embrace you and I bring you into the fold. So um, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show today, Anton Gray. Hey, how are you, what's, beautiful? What's up, Rochelle? Listen, I'm I'm honored that you would even invite me into the the fold, man. I, I watch your stuff and uh, just got introduced to you by Jeannie Budge, and this is this you're awesome already, man. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've known Jeannie for, gosh, gotta be eight, nine, probably a little bit longer than that, nine, ten years. Um, we would always be at a Glazer Kennedy event, wrapped mm -hmm. and bundled in jackets because it's always so cold in there. <laughs> so it's like, hey, let's have a good time. But um, I know that she knows wonderful, powerful people, and I only like to associate with wonderful, powerful people. So it is an honor to have you hanging out here with us and and, um, you know, I want to make sure that everybody knows how spectacular you are. So tell me really, you know, who you are and what you do without me just giving it all away. So I'm like, like you mentioned, my name is uh, Anton Gray. I am a business coach and consultant. Um, I'm an author. I'm a speaker. And I also am the host of a show that I created. Um, it's a live interview show called Peace of Mind, the Mindset Behind the Mission. So a lot of what I do is, you know, I, I help professionals and what I call startup entrepreneurs um, go from zero to profitable in a matter of weeks. And I do that by 
um, helping them find a, a, an expertise point or a, a certain skill set that they possess already and start where they are and use it as a leverage point to build, launch, and grow service-based businesses. So that, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Oh, I'd love to start where you are. You know, because I think so often that folks get in this thing where they, um, I believe that there's no way to leverage while you're learning, right? So if you're learning to be something, then you've got that time where you need to learn it and really master it. So, so, so that's when folks get in this thing of, oh, well, I'm gonna start a business next year. And I'm like, what? Okay, well, are your bills stacked until next year? Yeah, <laughs> you know, when, yeah. when are you gonna actually, you know, do something? Um, so what's what's your business background? Like, like how how do I know that you have the right to teach me how to do business? So that's that's actually a good question. Um, my background is I spent 16 plus years as a as a consultant, a business consultant in the IT space. Um, and so I was working in IT security and cybersecurity um, with with a lot of different consulting firms, working with with big corporations and uh, government agencies to come in. Literally, the, you know, the, the work that I did as a consultant was come in. We're here and we want to get here on your mark, get set, go, right? And then you got to make sense of all the chaotic environments and, and find all the missing pieces and, and line them up just perfectly to, to create that strategy to get to that end point or that goal point. And yeah. so what I realized is that working with early entrepreneurs, you know, it's a, a lot of it is the same thing. It's just in their head, right? They, they've got that vision and they want to get to that point, but they're still trying to make sense of all the other puzzle pieces and trying to move them into play. And so, you know, as a, as a consultant for years, I, I just, it, it was great. It was a great time. I, I, I didn't necessarily like what I did, but it was very lucrative. You know, I was making a, a strong six figure salary, but I just was, I wasn't fulfilled. You know what I mean? And I reached a point, I think as I, you know, you know, uh, Rochelle, we were talking about this as I had more kids, like my, my purpose became a bit stronger. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I just really hit a point where I was like, man, this is this isn't where I'm supposed to be. I need to be helping people. And, and so I really just found joy in collaborating with other entrepreneurs and helping them grow. And in turn, you know, that that's kind of how my business was birthed. It really just came from helping people. And I also did 15 years in the military as well, doing IT training and knowledge operations. So it just kind of all came together. Um, and, and I think, like I said, because I run a circus here at home with the four kids and my beautiful wife, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm great at making sense of chaotic environments somehow, some way, you know, and, and <laughs> in the early stages of entrepreneurship, man, it's incredibly chaotic. It's overwhelming. And, you know, for me, I, I just love coming in and helping people get clear in their mission and to make sense of all of the crap that's being thrown at them so they can really create the business and the life that they want, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it, I think it's so hard to, to create the clarity, like you said, you know, trying to help them get from where they are yeah. to where they want to be can, number one, be overwhelming. And mm -hmm. um, I know that you have this deal about you sparking life into business, your four step framework. So so to me, when because I'm not corporate, like I had one job and I bought the company. Right. So I don't I don't get like corporate structure. I don't get any of that. So, so when I read Spark Life, you know, a framework and an IT, oh, forget about it. I really don't know that. So, um, so tell everybody what what that means and how you spark life with your four-step framework. 
Awesome. Yeah, so I developed this because um, maybe, like I said, it might be just the IT background and, and me just breaking <laughs> things down into steps just makes it, at least for me, it makes it a lot easier. I mean, my, my wife will tell you, I've got whiteboards all over my house to where I like to just brain dump when it hits. Right. And then I, I go back and then put it into kind of like sequential order based on priority and things like that. So for me, breaking things down into steps helps me understand it a little bit better. So what I do when I work with my clients, we use this as a framework to go through the learning, to go through the training, to go through the coaching. Um, and it, it's simple. I think that, you know, if, if we're if we're being kind of poetic or whatever, right, symbolic life teaches us things. Right. And, and, and it gives us the experience that we need to to keep moving forward. And so I broke life down and to where each letter stands for something. And I'll give you the four step, um, the four step framework and stop me if you've got questions or hop in, Rochelle, whenever you want. But okay. the L, and it's funny, you just mentioned this. Uh, we were t you're talking about learning and leverage. The L literally stands for learn and leverage, uh, because here's the thing. When I think when when early entrepreneurs get started in business, we get so caught up right and 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 in our head and we we focus on the things that we don't know right or the skills that we don't have yes. and let's let's be honest you don't know what you don't know until you need to know it point blank period right so yeah. we get caught up in that and then we try to learn everything right out the gate and it just becomes incredibly overwhelming so it makes it hard to focus on the things that you need to focus on and so with my clients and my students I teach them that let's not focus on all of that, right? Let's maybe pick one or two things that you know that you you have to learn in order if it's if it's critical to the business to to get it up and running. But yeah. if it's but but let's let's shift the focus on the things that you do know, right? And the things that you're good at. Because yeah. thing, when when people hop in entrepreneurship, usually they hop in for like that one thing. It's something that that pulls them towards creating their own business. But as soon as they cross that threshold, now they've got to wear all of these different hats yep. and they lose sight of the thing that they actually got into business for, right? And so the learning piece of it is to to not focus on all of the things that you don't know, but just find the, the one or two critical pieces that you might have to learn and, and gain a deeper understanding. And everything else, the things that you're weak at or the things that you don't know, now let's find a way to leverage Right. Let's let's leverage others knowledge. Let's le leverage others resources. Let's leverage tools that can help us with those facets of the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's the first L. I, I know it's it's it can get overwhelming and, and just that's that's my way of taking it and making sense of it um, to, to try to avoid the overwhelm and to, to get people on the path, the, the straightest line possible to that goal. So that's that's the first um, that's the, that's the first step in the framework. Yeah. The next step is implement, right? Because there's there's nothing more important than actually taking action, right? And implementing the things that you learn. A lot of people, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, I was one of them. I used to sit on webinars for days, man, where I'm trying to learn all of this stuff, and 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 I've got a notebook full of notes, and I never used any of it, right? And and so. The implementation piece is very, very important. That's the only way that you're gonna move um, in your business is to implement something, right? But I also say implement intelligently because this is this is the digital age, right? It's it's the it's the internet age. We've got information at our fingertips whenever we want it, and it's always so much being thrown at us, 
but you've got to find a way to create somewhat of a filter, right? Because if not, it's it's like the the entrepreneur shiny shiny object syndrome to where I say, yeah. oh my gosh, look, Tim is doing that in this business. Maybe that'll work for me. Oh, and Stacy's doing that. Maybe that'll work for me. And you can literally go through that all day, right? But the thing is, there's so many different paths to get to the same destination. So you've got to put up a filter to find, okay, what do I actually want to implement in my business? Like what strategy am I gonna am I gonna follow here to take something and implement it, right? And don't just implement for the sake of implementing. Like put some metrics behind it, put some type of plan behind it. Like it's I guess in the digital world, right? Rochelle, you're probably gonna test it. It's it's the split testing, right? So where I'm gonna I'm gonna tweak this one thing to see if it yields some type of result, whether bad or good, right? And if it's good, then maybe I tweak it a little bit more to try to maximize it. But if it doesn't work, then I'll pull it out, right? So I think when it comes to implementation, implement intelligently, because if not, you're going to implement 40 different new things and they're going to be up and running in your business and you're not going to have any type of measurements. You're not going to know whether you're you're failing or succeeding. And um, I think people can get caught up in that easily as well. Oh, they do. They do. Well, you know, the, the, the bonus about being a woman of a particular age <laughs> is that my telephone business was, you know, 20 years ago, I had no email, no website, no, yeah. you know, my ads were direct mail. So there wasn't all this split testing. There was a little, yeah. <laughs> but there wasn't a lot because it was so much of implementation and it cost so much money. Like, you know, talk yeah. about chaos is that my kid used to be here um, putting stamps on direct mail, you know, postcards, and she thought they were stickers. And so then she had them all on her head. And I'm like, no, 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 that's funny. <laughs> Don't do that. That's not a sticker. That's oh, that's great. So I'm trying to take it off of bed and put more, you know, glue on it and put it on the, on the thing. So I think, you know, things were simpler then in my Gladys yeah. Knight voice, right? Um, but because of that, I think it kind of curbed that, um, that urge to split test a thousand things at a thousand times, you know, because you needed money to do that. And now yeah. with online marketing, you know, you, you don't need as much to be yeah. able to, uh, to do it. So no, I, I love both of those, the learn and leverage, the implement intelligently. Um, you know, what's the F for? You said it was for life. So what's the F for? The F is for fail. Huh? Fail. Yeah, I said it. Like, and and people look at me right when they look at me weird and side eye when I say it. But early in the early point, I think even even down the line in your business, like for some reason we're we're so afraid to fail, yeah. right? And yeah. and when it comes to implementing anything new or you know finding the things that might give us that breakthrough that we're looking for to take it to the next level. We're always scared, right? And we're we've all, we're probably in our head, and we talk about the what if, what if this happens, or what if that happens, and and you get it's easy to get caught up in that, right? And so yeah. I encourage my folks to to fail, you know, fail, get through, fail fast, as fast as you can, right? As you as you implement intelligently, fail as fast as you can, because um, it's just it's just a, an approach, right? Because and this may sound cocky, but I no longer fail at all. I don't fail. I just success, successfully learn what doesn't work, right? right. And, and, I, and, and, in, and in taking that approach, I'm just like, all right, I can do this. Let me try this. Oh, crap, man, that, that thing crapped the bed. Let me not do that again, right? right. And, and so it just kind of, I, I, I encourage my students to get to those failure points fast 
and to fail forward and to take whatever you learn from that, right? Put it in an experience bank and and continue. Keep pushing, keep pushing past, right? When you're scared, do it in spite. Do it in spite of the things that you don't know. Do it in spite of the money that you may not have. Do it in spite of, you know, the, the skills that you might not possess at the time. Because yeah. those are the things that are going to hold you back and that are going to keep you still. But in order to in order to progress, you've got to you've got to make that change. Sure. And so that's that's actually what the F is for. And people are like, "What you want me to fail?" I'm like, "Yes." yes. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. Well, uh, on my wall, I don't. It's it's upstairs in uh, in my bedroom, but it, it's a plaque that says, "How you deal with failure determines if you ever get to deal with success." Thank you so much for listening to my passion project and the Million Dollar Equation podcast. Love what you're hearing. If you like it, I love it. (laughs) So click the subscribe button to get each week your new favorite episode. And so it's one of those things that, look, if you, you need to know, I know that um, you've got this great book about mindset and things to work with it, but, you know, can you talk a little bit about, like, how do you teach people to overcome the traditional reaction to failure, right? Like, they think it's so bad. So, you know, how do you work with them so that they realize that it's a good thing? Um... To be honest, it's it's really an awareness thing. Um, I think that when you become aware of the things that you fear, then yeah. it's easy to get past them, right? Because it, yep. usually usually fear is something in our, our our unconscious mind, like we're you know our subconscious mind, to where it's usually based on either something that we've made up in our head, yep. right, or yep. some type of past experience that we're holding on to, yep. right, and. And it, it's, it's weird, though, because, you know, it's, it's something that you have to deal with and you just go through it. A lot of people are scared of a lot of things and they don't even realize why. Right. And it's it's I guess it's a psychology thing. Our brains are made to they're, they're, they're designed to protect us. Right. And, and whenever we're looking to make any type of change or move forward in anything, usually it's to something that's unknown. Yep. Right. So either that unknown point because because it's unknown we like to think about the what ifs right and and we make this this whole thing up that causes us to be to be fearful of it right because now we're like okay well this could possibly happen or this could potentially happen and it creates that fear although half of it is just made up in our head as well so i think sparking awareness of it yeah um that way when people come to that point they say okay this is what anton was talking about i'm scared as hell Right. But why am I scared? Right. Am I scared because of something that I made up or am I scared because of a past experience? And if it's a past experience, well, what happened in that experience? You know what I mean? So it's it's really just kind of digging deeper and becoming more aware of your fear points, because half the time you, know, you just go through and you're, you're scared of something, not even either either not realizing that you're scared of it or not facing the fact that you're scared of it and you just avoid it at all costs. You know, so it's I think it's an awareness thing. No, I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, and what what's the E stand for? The E is for evaluate and elevate, right? So even with, with, with every failure, I think with everything in life, it's either a blessing or a lesson and sometimes both, right? Yeah. And so with every failure, find the lesson within that failing point. Like what actually happened 
that that went wrong or what what happened within the situation or you know the the action that was taken that didn't serve your life or serve your business yeah. right and then now you've got it and it's almost like a like a an experienced bank account so to speak yeah. right and you yeah. can use that to to make more and to get more experiences and to learn from it and so you know every time you go at something you just you you take what you learn from it and then you go right back at it but just a little bit differently and if you yeah. do that enough times you'll find the 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 point that works and right. so that's the that's the evaluate what happened right and then elevate your thinking to go at it a little bit differently and just go into it until you succeed you know like oh. i said there's multiple paths to that success point you just got to find the one that works for you and for everybody it's different you. for yeah. you not the one that works for your cousin or your cousin's friend mm -hmm. or you. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's, that sends me over like so many times. And I go, well, so wait a minute. But you said it was working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my friend said that if I did it, and I'm like, well, but you paying me, right? So as as they don't get a vote. <laughs> what are yep. you talking about? Yeah. Oi, oi, oi. Which is, which is why I'm kind of out of the coaching business. Because that just drove me crazy. Like I, I, I couldn't, you know. Um, and I, I just didn't. I, I don't understand how that works, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person that you tell me what to do. Okay, I do it. I'm coachable. <laughs> like I just, I don't go. Well, nah, if I paid you money, I'm gonna do exactly what you said. You know? yeah. <laughs> Until right. I prove you wrong. It's like so. I, I, I I've never, um, I've never <laughs> just it, it just to send me over um, yeah. do you think entrepreneurs are born or do you think that you can you can make an entrepreneur that's a good question I actually I've actually asked somebody that on my show I think that um, I think that you you certainly have to possess certain qualities to be successful in entrepreneurship but I think that there are points that can be learned right within entrepreneurship um, but I, I don't I'm not really sure whether they're whether they're born or whether they're learned. I think I think everything that that we go through, I think it's some type of learned behavior. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. I know for me personally, and this is weird that the, the, the path that I took, my entrepreneurial story started. My, my dad and my mom were entrepreneurs when I was young. They owned barbershops and beauty salons. And so, you know, I, I spent a lot of time there every day after school. I was there. And one day he asked, he said, dude, you want to work? So I'm like, you know what? Sure. I, I'm going to have to be here anyway. I may as well get paid for it. Um, but my dad was a terrible boss. Dad, I love you, but you sucked as the boss, right? So that kind of put something in me to where I was like, man, bosses suck. Because he, it would, it would come down to it. I was pretty good at math. We had a deal, right? I was supposed to work three or four days for $5 a day. At the end of the day, at the end of the week, I wanted my money, all right? Boss, I want my money. But sometimes he'd either pay me my allowance and not my, my actual work pay or vice versa. Or sometimes he'd say it's a family business. So I'm like, wait a second, how is this thing working? So that sparked the entrepreneurial bug in me to where the barbers in the shop, I found the stuff that they didn't like doing, right? Like I started cleaning the clippers and I started straightening up their booths and they would pay me tips. And then I started doing, um, I started doing lunch runs for them because barbers kept a tight schedule. Right. right, they never really had time to go get lunch. So I was, I created Uber Eats before Uber Eats, right? I would go get their lunch. And like I said, I was good at math. Barbers carried cash all the time. All the time? Right? All the time. The average lunch at that time, you know, was maybe five or six bucks. 
They give me either a 10 or a 20, and I learned my favorite three words in the English language back then, which was keep the change. So that $5 day quickly turned into, you know, a $20 day. Yep. And and, and it it just kind of, that's what sparked entrepreneurship in me, where I learned that if if you've got a skill that can solve somebody's problem, regardless of how big or how small, then you can get paid for it, right? Yeah. And you can make it on your you can make it on your own. Now, they didn't go. My parents didn't go to school, so they they sent me and, and encouraged me to go the school route, which I took. But I but that's where the entrepreneur bug bit me. I think if I didn't have that experience, I might have just always kept the mindset of you know, I don't I hate to say it, but like kind of a corporate drone, right? Go to work, put the time in get some money out and so i think it's learned and i think it's it's still certain qualities that that you have to be born with to to be successful in entrepreneurship yeah well see i think too i kind of am that you're born especially now that i have a child right because everybody's okay. like oh well tell me what business your kid is doing i'm like you know, she doesn't have that hustle in her you know that that's okay. not her thing she's like yeah you know let's do real estate so we are buying a, a, a condo to flip, you know, because I said, okay, well, I want to, we're going to flip it, okay? So you're yeah. going to paint, you're going to do all that, and you're going to decide if this is really what you want because it ain't HGTV, right? That's, that's <laughs> not what real life is. I know it's fun to watch them, but, that's, right. you know, they edit those, and they only show you, you know, every yeah. episode, they show you a problem, you see, and you go, oh, my gosh, it's going to be over budget. You know, that that's for TV. That's reality TV, but that's not really what TV is. Um, and I thought that she would be exactly like me, you know, just like uh-huh. instantly and nope, nope, nope. So now, and then I have a stepdaughter and she, no, was with me. She'd come to work every day. She likes her money, but she, it, that's just not her thing, you know? And so I don't really? know, um, I, you know, I, I know that for me, like I, I, I can think about a gig. And I'm good for about 90 days, but that 91st day, right. I'm the worst employee ever. Cause I'm going, excuse me. <laughs> now why are we doing this? This doesn't make yeah. it doesn't matter how much money it is. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I had, you know, several amazing opportunities um, that, to me, you know, financially they make sense. But uh-huh. I think, you know, getting a job makes me itch. It just yeah. like I just start. Mm, and I think it might be that that experience with my dad to where I, even in the corporate world from day one I never felt that I was supposed to be there like because I, I had businesses or you know businesses all through middle school and high school like lawn right. mowing and, right. and landscaping. See, that's what I'm saying you, you you I think that's born I don't yeah. think that it's I don't think that it's, I think that you adapt it, right? But you right. know, inside of you, even at the corporate, like one day you said, yeah, I can't do this no more. Yeah. You know? See, but at the same time too, I think, right? As children, we're impressionable, right? Yeah. And we do the things yeah. that, we, we do the things that our, we see our parents do. And then here's an example I, I use. Like it's, you you never really see I don't know, and this this may be a bad example, but I think that we do as our parents do. And if our parents just work every day and that's all we see, I think that that, that clicks in our brain as the thing that we're supposed to do, right? And so I, I got that, like I said, I got that experience to to see that I can make my own money. And I was, I think I was about nine, eight or nine. 
not maybe nine or ten, but I think that experience sparked something in me, right? And and, and without that, things may have been different. But even still, like if, if you think of like famous people, you never really see a famous person's child working in you know McDonald's or something. Like they they do as their parents do, and they find a way to well, it might be mommy and daddy's money, but they find a way to make their own money eventually. So I I, I know it's. This this is a really good question, and I wonder if it's any studies done on it now. Now you've you've sparked my curiosity big time. <laughs> sure, to see if, if that's how it works, you know, because yeah. it, it just is. It's I don't know, you know, and maybe you know I need to 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 do more with her about it and to spark her. Um, I don't know, but I I also yeah. am like, look, you know, I want to I want you to do what makes you happy. You know, what made For me sure. happy was owning my own business, like. I knew yeah. from the moment, like my aunt, I dedicated my first book to her because she came to me as an adult and said, after I had owned the business, right? And said, you know, at 12, you told me you were gonna, you know, build a million dollar business. And I'm like, at 12? Wow. You know, she's like, yeah, she, and she told me like the story of where we were. And then I remembered, you know, and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so crazy, you know? And I don't know where I even had like a focus point, like my father, you know, was a, an entrepreneur-ish, you know, ish, uh, you know, my stepfather was an industrial realtor, so I got that, but they didn't have that much influence, you know what I'm saying? Um, Or maybe they did, I I don't know, or maybe they did. Um, Well, tell me about your, like an ideal favorite client, you know, like when you are thinking about who's your favorite client that you love to work with, I know um, you like startups. See, for me, a startup is, mm, cause I'm like, oh my gosh, because they have in their brain of how it's supposed to go. And it's like, you know, the girl, their first boyfriend, she's like, we're gonna get married. No, you're not. <laughs> and so I'm always like, oh. so, so who is like your ideal favorite client? Well, that that's a that's a great question. See, I the reason I work with I, I enjoy working with working professionals, especially like six figure earning working professionals, is because I was my ideal client, right? For years. I mean, like I said, I had a solid six figure salary and you know, it was it it was like the like the American dream, right? What most people hope to do. Like I was there at that point. Right. And, and I, it's, I was in a weird space. I almost felt bad that I wanted more. Right. Because I was just like, all right, well, what is But at the same time, I felt trapped. Right. And so what I and so stepping out one, it, one, it was scary as hell. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, luckily, my wife really supported me and understood like the things that I was going through, um, you know, with, with the stress levels and all of that that came along with staying stuck in that keeping the golden handcuffs on what I call the golden handcuffs, that six figure salary. But and being scared to step away. So my ideal cup, um, client is somebody that's in that same position, right? Because for me, I was looking for that. I was looking for something, right? I was looking for something that could really help me move past that point. And because I knew I could do it, right? I had experienced before. I had made money on my own and, and all the other businesses and side hustles that I had. So I knew it was possible, but I, I still had to you know, get past all of the mental blocks you know, that, that came with that. Well, can I make that much money doing whatever it is that I wanted to do? And for me, it was a coach. Like I, that was, I made the biggest investment in myself that I had made since college, um, you know, and, and a $5,000 mastermind for three days. But, but that helped me so much, 
right? And so my ideal client is that person in that same spot that, that's earning six figures that knows for a fact that they, they are underpaid, they're undervalued, and that they can be doing so much more. But they also have to be coachable, right? Um, because I know for me, you know, I, I, I had spent, I, oh, I can do it myself. I got, you know, it's, I had to get past that point. Right, and I had to fall back a little bit and say, "All right, dude, look, doing it your way hasn't really been serving you the way you wanted to be serving you. So let's let's get some help, you know. So they've got to be they've got to be hungry, they've got to have that desire to do more, and they've got to be coachable. They've got to you know be willing, like you said, to to take advice, right, and to be willing to get past their fears and try things out. Because I know for a fact that everybody has." Uh, at least a six-figure business in them, right? If you're in the corporate world and you're providing a, a skill that's that's a you know a service-based skill, you are underpaid. I'm gonna say it right now. You are underpaid. My job, I was making like I said, a decent. I was making a decent salary, but I found out that I was making about 30% of what the company was actually making on my service, on my skills. And I ain't gonna lie, that pissed me off. I'm like, wait a second here. If that's the case, then how much is my skill really worth? Right. And so that's my ideal client. That is my ideal client. Cause I know that once, once we nail it down and find that, that, that particular skill set or expertise that they possess and we align it with, you know, their, their passion and purpose in life, yeah. it's big time. And they've got to also want to make an impact and help others. Like that is my number one requirement. Right. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I know that there are folks watching this who are six figure earners who are hungry but I also know that they're super scared. And so I think that your book is really probably the number one thing that they should get. I mean, I don't know, but you, but you tell me, is that like a great entry point for them to work with you? For sure, that that is a great entry point because you know we've, I've, I've got a, a lot of different programs and, and our flagship program is a group program to where it's it's a it's a, an intimate setting program where I keep it in small groups you know no more than 10 people per session because I like to get involved in the business right uh, it's almost like you're taking on a partner but literally so we can sit down and we can walk through and you know everything pinpoint what it is your particular skill set is going to be that you're going to focus on your niche how we can monetize and how we can put the strategy in play um, we like to even take out, you know, I, I, I like to give access to my team to help with some of the stuff that gets most people caught up, right? Like yeah. the web stuff and the logo stuff. Like we give that to them in the program. But, you know, some people aren't always ready for that program. And yeah. so that's why one of the only ways to get into the program is to apply. But the, the, the main thing that I see as, as the failure point is the mindset of people to make that shift from that employee mindset to that entrepreneur mindset. And so that's why the, the yeah, the, the best entry point is to get that book, to get my new book. It's called Mind Reset. It's a 10 day mind transformation challenge um, that just walks you through and challenges your current thought process to really spark thought um, within, you know, about the things that you believe and why you believe them and ways to set your goals that serve you and serve your bigger purpose. And so, yeah, that, I, I tell people all the time, get the book, right? And that's the first thing I ask my students, have you read the book? Have you read the book? It's a short little read, but have you read the book? Because that's part of being coachable as well, right? Because I'm gonna research my client, and I'm gonna ask them about their background, about the things that they, they've done, what's worked, what hasn't, what are they passionate about? 
and I expect them to do the same to to dig into my stuff, right? To to so we can we can come and we can meet to make sure one that we're we're right fit. I don't work with everybody, and nor do I expect everybody to work with me. You know, there are other coaches out there that do amazing things, and if you're a better fit for them, I'm going to send you that way because at the end of the day, I just want you to succeed. So yes, get in the book, mindresetbook.com. It's free. Go grab it. All you got to do is you know, enter your information, let my team know where to send it, cover some of the shipping, and it's yours. You know, read through it, let me know what you think, reach out, and, and if you're fit for the program, then we can take the next step and you can apply. Uh, well, I think for for a person that is at a gig right now, mm-hmm. it is so hard to leave. And just taking that step to get the book is going to really help them. I mean, it's going to work on the mind stuff. So, you know, um, I, I, I had a former client who would, once again, when I was in that coaching world, right, that <laughs> all they wanted to work on was the marketing stuff. And I'm like, so I've given you 15 different ways that you could build this business. The challenge yeah. is the reason why you haven't done it. Mm. That's what we should be working on. Right. You know, um, I think I've been doing this so long that, you know, when I started, I didn't know that I should be scared. You know, I was super young. I was like, you know, I had had so many obstacles growing up anyway. I was a woman. I was a female. I was super young, you know, I'm African-American, if can't nobody tell. And I'm a little (laughs) zoftic too, you know, a little chubby. They do have some fat shaming, you know, people treat you, treat you differently. And so I had all of these obstacles, you know, um, that I didn't know, but I didn't, I didn't realize that people had these blocks. I really didn't until I started coaching. And I go, mm-hmm. well, I told you what to do. How come you didn't do it? So I love the fact that that's where you start them, that yeah. you start them on that shift, on getting your mind right. You know, like you said, it's a simple read. It's 10 days, but it gets them really ready. And it shows you if they're coachable or not, because if yeah. they won't even do that, then save your money. Don't come into my flagship program. Exactly. You know? Where it's yep. a significant investment. And and here's the other thing. That's why I also make people um, either fill out an application to even, you know, chat with me because I don't want to yeah. talk to you. You know, <laughs> you go through fangirl stuff about, oh, my God, I get to talk to your show. And it's like, stop. You know, let's, <laughs> let's work on your business. Yeah. It's this thing. Not, you know, um, I don't want you to invest because I also think that if they are not coachable, they invest and they end up trying to transfer responsibility. So they say, Very things, true. well, I paid you. Well, that, that, that you was going to pay me regardless. <laughs> you talk to me, but now, this is what you're supposed to do, right? Right. And um, they have, they have a hard time doing that. Hey, you, we are so grateful that you are part of MDE Nation. Are you enjoying this episode? Let me know what you think, especially if you have a question. I would love to answer it personally. You can go to rochellshaw.com forward slash podcast to get more information about each episode or to be reminded of the MDE weekly assignment and so much more. Go to rochellshaw.com forward slash podcast. So do you have a copy of your book there with you so they, they know what they're looking for? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's got to be one on his desk. There it is. 
Yeah, I always got it with me. But yeah, this this is the book. Like I said, it's it's not even that thick. It's it really isn't. I wrote it from a simplistic type of standpoint, right? Really, just to to really spark thought in people and to have them think about where they are right now, right? And and how they got to that point. Because I'm a I'm a firm believer that we are where we are in life due to the decisions that we've made up until that point, point blank period. And at any given moment. You can make a decision to change your life, but you've got to be willing to make that decision, right? Because a lot of people, it's, it's, we, we hit that point and deciding is hard, right? And, it, and deciding in and of itself is scary. That's why a lot of people just choose indecision, but that's still a choice, right? right? So that, that's how I wrote it. Like I said, it's a simple 10 day, few, few, you know, meant to read in the morning. So you can have some things to think about as you go through your day. It's some actionable questions that you got to fill out each and every day within the book. It's a workbook as well. Um, But yeah, that's the start. That's the start. And then I invite people to hop on a call. Let's see. And I think too, when they go through the book, this is probably the point that you were talking about. I think that you start to see yourself in it and you start to identify whether a business is even the move for you. Yeah. Right. Because I I, I go through, there's a day where you have to kind of paint a picture and a vision for what you want your life to look like and you know a few years create that vision and sometimes the business isn't always a part of that business i mean a part of that vision right because it's you know like you said it, it takes it takes some gusto to 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 be an entrepreneur entrepreneurs are the outliers man we we you got to be crazy to yeah, want to start a business 80 percent of businesses fail right to and put so everything you, on the line yep you know, that's it and that's yeah. what I say all the time. You know, yesterday we were, um, I was speaking to a Christian group and they were, you know, having a problem charging, right? Yeah. You know, feeling that, you know, they should be serving. And I said, hold on, wait, 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 right? At the end of the day, we are outliers. We are the only ones, you know, 3% of society that decided to take a risk. The more money you make, the more you can serve. You can't serve if you have nothing. You know, there's people who always want to create a nonprofit first. And I go, eh, uh uh-uh. Here's the problem, you know, is that you are broke there. And you've got this entity that is controlling how much money you can make, and they know every penny. Ah, you know, yeah. it's like you and keep the change. When they give you a twenty, you giggle, knowing that their lunch was five. You know what I'm <laughs> That's part of of this understanding price elasticity, understanding how Man. much you actually can make so that you can serve more people. But if mm-hmm. you know you can't serve from an empty cup, that's just standard. And sure. truly building, because uh, I believe that there's. There's a there's a million dollar business in everybody, you know, mm-hmm. as you said, it's six figure. But I, I think that we can get it there. It's just about is that what you really want? And, right. you know, when we process it, what is the goal? And it doesn't take that long. But what yeah. takes the longest is you and your indecisiveness, the hemming, hawing, yep. the I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? I'm gonna ask my cousin why your cousin doesn't own a million dollar business. Why are you asking your cousin? <laughs> but, but it's that part instead of just the structure. So yeah. I I love it. I think that you know getting your daily the mind reset book is is the the number one thing that they need to do right now. Um, we'll have the link underneath this, but tell us the link again so we know where we're going. It's www.mindresetbook.com, and that's M-I-N-D, resetbook.com. Perfect, perfect. 
Anton Gray, you are spectacular. Is there anything? Here's the last thing that I ask everybody. All right. Okay. So, what should folks do to close out 2019 strong? What's the number one thing that they need to do? Ooh. Ooh, that is a good question. Um, so this is this is our set point, right? This is like July. This is the time yeah. when folks need to. Okay, you got you, you got the second half. This yeah. is it. What what what's the number one thing you think that they need to do? And we are halfway through the halfway point. You are absolutely right. Um, I'd say the number one thing. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna give three things. All right. Okay. The number one thing I think though is is one you got to get the hell up out of your own way, right? I mean we we are our own worst enemy and we hold ourselves back from all of our potential and everything that life and business has to offer. We usually hold ourselves back, so you got to get the hell up out of your way, right? You, and and that comes with a, a point of humility. You gotta you gotta be willing to admit that all right, you know, listen, I, I've been holding myself back. Why I don't know, but you got to be willing to admit, and that takes a lot. The second thing I'd say is um, less consuming, more doing. Um, I know for me, man, I got stuck in that consume point. Like I said, and this was what I was talking about earlier, the learn and leverage. I was, I got to learn this. I got to learn this. Oh, well, what is that? I need to learn that too. And I got so caught up in consumption, right? And it, and for me, it, it, nothing really happened until I actually started implementing and taking action on the stuff that I was learning. And the third thing I'd say is find help. Find help. I mean, you've got, it's it's so many resources around us. I know for me, finding a business coach was the number one thing that got the needle really moving for me. And that accelerated me into my business. You know, you've got so many resources. You've got folks like Rochelle. You've got folks like myself. You've got everybody else that's going to be on this summit. Find help. Like, raise your hand and say, all right, listen, my way is not getting me to where I want to be. I, I'm ready to get the hell up out of my own way and I'm ready to be coachable. If there's somebody that is where you want to be, ask them how they got there. Find a mentor, find a coach, right? Because experience, you know, it's, it's, it can be expensive, all right? And, and the form of either time or money, yep. right? So paying for a coach, although it seems like a hefty price tag up front, you're saving so much money on the back end and the and the the time that can be lost and the money that you're going to lose and you get to learn like like I said it's it's that experience bank account. You get to tap into their experience bank account, right? As a resource to use it to grow your resources. And so get the hell out of your own way, less consuming, more doing and find help. Find a mentor or a coach that can help you get to where you want to be. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, this has been my absolute pleasure. Mine <laughs> as well. Fun. <laughs> um, I well, I love this, and I love talking to to kick ass folks who who understand and who know things. So I am, you know, I am grateful and thankful. And uh, thanks so much. Here we'll hit the button. And uh, hey, stay tuned. We've got a, another summit speaker that's coming up next.